Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Yes, we are back into the final hour here on a Thursday. The, uh, what is it today? The 22nd, right? Yeah, 22nd. 2 Oh, my God. Do we have one of those? What do they call those things, Kenny? No, it's not one of those things. Oh. A yeah. palindrome. No, it's just. There you go, palindrome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. So, um, just a couple of things, wrap up on this gun control issue. One of the things I found rather interesting is that uh, I keep abreast on Minnesota Public Radio has a, prints a, a thing in the morning take about all the legislative stuff that's out there. And, of course, I mentioned to to uh, Alan when we were talking to him earlier that, uh, you know, the gun enthusiasts, the, uh, the gun control enthusiasts are all fired up now because of the shooting in Burnsville. Of course, we still haven't found out how this Yehu got his got the guns. He had a lifetime ban on him that had just been renewed and he wasn't supposed to own or have guns in his possession. So I'm going to be very, very interested to see if some of this new legislation they're coming with are going to have some real hard penalties for people that break the law, people that acquire guns when they're not supposed to or not allowed to have them. If they get caught with them, are we going to have uh, rules and laws and penalties in place that will lock them away for a long, long time? Because what I'm looking at here, they said the discussion yesterday uh, could lead to additional storage and reporting requirements for firearm owners and extra resources for first responders and domestic violence supervisors or survivors. One bill that could attract bipartisan support would exempt firearm safety devices from sales tax. That's a big nothing, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so they're they're going to take gun locks and not charge you sales tax on them, and we're supposed to go whoopee ding. That's that's a wonderful thing, because that seems to me to be a non-starter. Uh, I would like to see some of these uh, uh, some of these Democratic liberals that are so hot on this to really come up with some penalties for people that break the law, for people that give or sell guns uh, to people that aren't supposed to have them. That's what I'd like to see. And we'll see whether that comes down the pike. Anyway, um, I, I told you I had this, uh, this piece from uh, Donald Trump's attorney, Alina Hubba, uh, on the ruling. And it, it's, uh, it's pretty good, but I think I'm going to hang on to it until after we do our first break here because... It, it, I, I don't want to break it apart too much, and there's quite a bit in it. So what I'm going to do is bring you up to date on some of the things that have been going on with the border. Um, because I'll tell you what, there is so much stuff out there this morning. First of all, an appeals court in New York State has upheld rulings striking down New York City voting rights for foreigners. When I say for foreigners, I don't mean somebody that that legally migrated here from Finland or something. No, these are illegal immigrants. The, the state of New York wanted to give 
millions of illegal immigrants the right to vote in city elections in New York. Well, New York State and the U.S. Constitution says you must be a legal um, American, born here, raised here, have lived here for a certain amount of time. Well, the New York City City Council had approved a plan January of 2022 that gave more than 800,000 foreign nationals with green cards, visas, or work permits the right to vote as long as they had lived in the city for 30 days. Well, uh, and of course, uh, organizations sued Eric, uh, Mayor Eric Adams and the City Board of, of Elections and said, that's That goes against the Constitution. And the New York Supreme Court ruled giving local voting rights, uh, said, nope, foreign nationals cannot have them. Illegal people cannot have them. They've got to they've be a, an American citizen. So on Wednesday, the New York Appellant Division uh, was asked to uh, redo this or to relook this, hoping they could get a different uh, different opinion. And in fact, the New York Appellant Division upheld that decision, declaring that local law is null and void on the grounds that it violates the New York State Constitution and furthermore, the United States Constitution. So that was a win for a law-abiding, as far as I'm concerned. Then you've got this thing that uh, President Biden is trying to do now. There's been reports a number of reports that he is now looking at ways to close the border down for illegals coming across. Why? Because even Democrats are starting to realize that this is a huge, huge uh, negative and that it's causing the Biden administration to have a lot of people turn away from the Democrats totally. For example, uh, CNN, which is a uh, very left-leaning organization, one of their uh, political commentators, a guy named Paul Begala, who is a you know big-time Democrat, he has reacted to reports that President Joe Biden is weighing stricter executive action on the border by saying that the Democratic Party has been slow to come to the conclusion that we've got to have order on our immigration system, Biden is now going to give them order after belatedly saying that the border must be controlled. You know, we saw a whole bunch of illegal immigrants coming across the border with Biden T-shirts on, white T-shirts that said, Biden, please let us in. Well, even the Democrats are now starting to realize that this is not a good deal. Uh, Obama's advisor, Van Jones, uh, reacted to reports that President Joe Biden is weighing stricter executive action on the border by stating that the action is partially motivated by the fact that the number is too big of people coming across the border, even for Democrats, and that Biden is floating these trial balloons to find out what the reaction is. You know, originally he he came out and said, well, when the Republicans voted against this phony baloney bipartisan bill that they put together, 
he came out and said, oh, the Republicans are the ones that can't control the border. If you give me the authority, if you give me new laws, new rules. Now he's come back and said, well, you know, there are some things that I could do uh, that would control the border. And so the reason that he's three looking years at it, too of course, late, Brad. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Kenny. This, Probably this three is, years and maybe five million uh, he illegals. Knew, too he late. knew exactly what he was doing when he got into office. And look at this. Three years later, it's a complete disaster. And now he's doing this. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's, he's floating trial balloons, and you know, people want order. We. You know, I've said it before, and yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy that you even have to say it. We love immigrants. We love legal immigrants. Well, that's the thing. But nations are supposed to have laws, and nations uh, have immigration laws. Who controls and if that? You meet up to those, we take you. Exactly. Who controls that southern border, Brad? Uh, the cartels. There you basically. go. Basically, there you go. Yeah. You know, there's a report out. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, this is not good, I don't think. And here, again, um, uh, President Biden's dog, Commander, there's a report. Oh, the number of times he's bitten people. 24 times he has bitten Secret Service personnel. 24 times. That? And then First Lady Jill says, the president and the first, oh, I'm sorry, it was the communications director for the First Lady. The oh. president and First Lady care deeply about the safety of those who work at the White House and those who protect them every day. Listen, the dog's bitten people 24 times. Come on. If you or I, dog, had bitten people 24 times, they, there would be an order, a court order out that they would take our dog and put him down. Now, the statement goes on to say from the communications director that despite additional dog training, leashing, uh, working with vets, consulting with animal behaviorists, the White House environment <laughs> simply proved too much for Commander. Oh, and since uh, last fall... He has lived with other family members, so the Secret Service can take a deep breath and say, "Thank God the president's dog's Thank not here." God, that but dog's out of here. <laughs> this took a this took a CNN a CNN Brad a Freedom of Information Act request to get this information out of control. But of course, it's Biden's dog. What would you expect? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he doesn't spend a whole lot of time training the dog. You know, it's funny because and, I, I've said this before. <clears throat> when I went to live with my dad out in, on the East Coast many, many years yeah. ago, he had a he had a, a German Shepherd. The German Shepherd's name was Sean, and Sean was a big German Shepherd. And he said, "Well, Ooh. why don't we do this, Kenny? Just so you know, you get uh, used to the dog, and he gets to like you. You can feed him. You'll feed him his food. But that dog never." He never bit me. He never bit me. But I never trusted that dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Say, Brad, we've been trying to get a hold of uh, Cheryl. We've got her on the line. Cheryl oh, from CF Design. Cheryl, I'm sorry that I was not able to get you on last week. I had a little dental appointments going, but I understand you and Kenny had a nice discussion about your uh, CF Design studio. We did. We had a great talk. So I'm sorry about that. I was on my other line. <laughs> That's quite all right. Say your other line. Speaking of that, you've got a couple of different uh, businesses going on here. You, 
you do a wonderful job as a architectural firm designing uh, homes, designing businesses for people. But you've also got that Loom Studio, which is really a unique lighting design studio. I mean, from what I can see, I don't think there's anything like that in the Duluth area, is there? No, there isn't at all. I don't think there's ever been a lighting studio like this in Duluth. In fact, there's not even much like it in the Twin Cities anymore. The uh, lighting studios have kind of been consumed by commercial companies that are representatives, and then the only other place to look at lighting in many times is just to go to, like, Menards or some of these big box stores where you just got to watch your forehead, you know? <laughs> right. But no, these are these are unique lighting uh, setups. They, you know, it can be yeah. for a, a floor lamp or a table lamp, wall lighting, pendant lighting hanging from the ceiling. You've got it all, and I I think it's fair to say that it's uh, it's geared more towards the modern furnishing available. You won't find anything yeah. with that kind of quality anywhere in our area. No, you sure don't. In fact, most of the lights we have here come from Europe. There, uh, we have several companies from Italy, and we've got a couple from Spain, and one from the Netherlands, and and one from Denmark, which uh, actually is our oldest light here, but it looks like one of the newest. It's such a, a modern looking light for a hundred year old light. But uh, so we've got uh, we've got table lamps. We've got the new thing now with in Europe are portables. Uh, they're chargeable lamps, usually table or desk lamps that you can unplug and take them out to the patio or down to the pool or to work with you if you oh, want. For neat. So, yeah, I know that's so. In other words, in other words, you can charge the lamp by plugging it in inside, and then you could take it outside on your outdoor recreational area or something like that. You got it. You got it. Some of them will charge for four to six hours and. You can take the whole evening and have a nice uh, side light there, a nice table lamp, and there are some floor lamps that are like that. And uh, yeah, so that's the big that's the big new deal here. Of course, beyond just LED lighting, that's also the new deal. But uh, so we're seeing more and more people coming in looking for for portables. <laughs> sure, that's that's yeah. unique. Now yeah. your Loom Studio is located right downtown on Superior Street. It, yep. Are you directly across from the Sheridan, or whereabouts are? Yeah, we are virtually. Yeah, we are directly across from the condo end of the Sheridan, so we're a little, a little aside of center there. But we're also kitty corner from the new uh, up and coming apartment building that is now uh, a hole in the ground and becoming a deeper hole in the ground by the day here. So we're in between, <laughs> uh, you know, that 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 thing going on and the Sheridan, and there's a lot of activity going on down here. Well, you're in the you're in the hot spot right now with the new hospital there. It's uh, it's really a good location, and of course, Cheryl Fosdick, who's on the line with us, owns CF Design. And if you are in a desire that you want to have a home built specifically for you, boy, she would be the lady to get a hold of because you kind of sit down with a prospective client and kind of get a feel for what it is exactly they're looking for, don't you? We sure do. We, uh, you know, the, the kind of work that we do is very personal. So we like to, to think that the work that we do is going to last a lifetime for the people we do it for. So uh, we interview people about their, their life culture, about their, what they like in art, uh, how deep their family is, where they come from, uh, what do they like in terms of style, um, you know, tell us about your kids and your parents and your grandparents. And we like to get a real sense of what family means to them and how we can accommodate 
uh, everything that they would do on a daily basis and a lot of their dreams that they would like to think about doing and be accommodated for. So it's uh, it's a process, and uh, I think it's a well-worthy process. This is a legacy uh, thing to do. You pass your, your home on to your children oftentimes, and when you do that, you pass your, your legacy, your what you mean, what you think, how you live, uh, the person you yeah, are it, becomes embedded in your house. So. I like to think it really becomes part of you. The stuff I've seen online are really unique things that you've designed where it really has a, a total different look than anything else you've seen in the Twin Ports area. Yeah, and we, we don't really operate under style at all. Some people will come to us and say we like uh, prairie style or we like uh oh, I don't know, modernism or whatever. We really try to stay away from uh, uh, pitching ourselves as a stylistic company. We just let people tell us who they are, and we find a a way to make them happy using materials that they love, uh, space types of spaces they love, a lot of daylight, uh, their views, which are always unique depending on where the site is. So there's uh, lots of ways to get at a good project. It takes time, but it really takes involvement, too. It takes uh, just really embedding yourself in someone's life and, and really understanding what the best of them is. So you it's bet. fun. It's a fun but a little bit challenging. But uh, And sometimes, uh, you know, really uh, we work on four or five or six iterations of something till we get it right, but we, we work till we get it right. And, uh, well, and you really... End, I, you... Really done some beautiful, unique things in around the area. So l- let me be able to tell people that if you're interested in having uh, some time to spend with Cheryl, to sit down and mm-hmm. design a home for you that's going to be part of your legacy, give her a call on her cell number. It's 218-343-0983. That's 218-343-0893. And again, this beautiful eight three zero nine eight three. Yeah, there yeah. we go. There we go. Okay, and, and then you know, you, you have a web. Yeah. Do you have a web address yes. as well, Cheryl? Yes, we do. It's www.cfdesignltd.com. And uh, the first, uh, I want to make sure that everybody understands that the first consultation, hopefully on your site or at your house, is no charge and no obligation. It's really for us Wonderful. to get to know each other and, and answer some basic questions to see whether you're you're interested in, in investing in this process. Well, this is fantastic. I, I got to tell you this. This is the first time we've had uh, an organization like yours as, as a sponsor on our show. I hope that yeah. we reach out to people and that we create some interest. But I'm, I'm telling you, if you're interested in unique uh, lighting designs, you're not going to find anything more unique and more quality built than what you'll find at Loom Studios right on Superior Street. So yep, give it a look. That's correct. We're right next to each other, CF Design and Loom Studio, one in the same. <laughs> there you are. All right. Thank you, Cheryl. We look forward so to much, talking Grant. to you again. All right. Thanks. Kenny, we got to do our CBS News. And this is going to be our first break of the third hour. Oh, this is our first break. Okay, well, let's do that then and we'll come back. KDAL time is 130, 49 degrees in Duluth, sunshine, 49 in Canal Park as well, Brad. So, my goodness, we're uh, flirting with 50. <laughs> Gotta love it. The record. I mean, this is early enough in the day yet, too, that we should be able to get um, there. We just might do that, Brad. 52 is the record high, by the way, for today. 52 degrees. That happened back in 1961 
And uh, this mild uh, weather continues. We're going to see some cold air move in here uh, late tonight and then into tomorrow. And I was just looking at the National Weather Service, this uh, lack of snow, no snow banks. Duluth is 45 inches below normal. International (laughs) Falls is 29 inches below normal. Hayward, 26 below normal. Uh, Brainerd, 21 inches below normal. So... It's kind of been the trend now for quite a while. But Duluth officially so far has received 17.7 inches. We have wow. no snow banks in Duluth on February well, like 22nd. I, yeah, wow. it's like I mentioned yesterday, the uh, Duluth News Tribune had done that story yesterday, excuse me, about uh, ice on the lake, on the big lake. And they said there's less than 2% ice. Yeah. On the entire lake. I mean, they've never had that at this period of time. Yeah. What else is well, going anyway, on, Brad? We've got to go to CBS News in a little bit here. Yeah, we've got to go to CBS. But very quickly, I want to remind, uh, that, you know, that uh, down in the state legislature, there still are people trying to push this idea that the North Star State, Minnesota, should become a sanctuary state. You know, there are two areas already. Hennepin County and Ramsey County are already sanctuary communities, meaning that they can be attractors for illegal immigrants coming there by the droves. But why would we want to do that when you look at what's going on around the rest of the country? In Chicago, in New York, in other areas that have become sanctuary cities, they're just burning up revenue like it's going out of style. You'd think that even the Democrats would be smart enough to see that with with us have spending all of our surplus last year, we don't have the money to do what they would like to do. Anyway, let's, let's do our CBS News break, and then we'll come back and I'll get into this uh, story from Alana Haba, the attorney for Trump, because it's pretty interesting stuff. KDAL. Time is 139, 49 degrees in Duluth. Uh, Marshall Tucker Band, if you are wondering who that was. Like the Marshall Tucker Band. Yeah, that's uh, just kind of an instrumental thing they put out back in 1976 called The Long Hard Ride. Well, let me uh, let me get into this issue with Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba has come out in an interview with Breitbart News yesterday, and she said that what I'm going to do is I'm going to thoughtfully and methodically respond to the ruling in New York's fraud case against uh, former President Donald Trump, stating that it's going to be on the appeal, and you can read it and weep. She said, look, This judge, this Arthur N. Gorin, has ordered Trump to pay $355 million over allegations of fraud. The judge has also banned Trump from conducting business in the state of New York for three years. She said, let's just go to common sense, because the order 
that I'm reading here is not common sense. It's absolutely absurd. And for me to try to explain to you how Judge Ngoran got to this ridiculous number would mean I would have to go speak about, I would have to speak about politics and the problems with the dual justice system, the election interference right now, but the numbers are what they are. What bank, whatever, just write just write a check. They don't. So that's how they feel they had a right to come in under a consumer fraud statute that's never been used in this way and butt their noses into two private, sophisticated individuals in a contract that has never been reached. No loans have been defaulted, no loss of money, no victims, no damage, she said, adding that the banks had nothing to do with the lawsuit and actually came to the trial and testified that they loved working with the Trump organization. This Miss Letica James is is supposed to value properties now? Is she a property appraiser? She's got a bunch of associates under her giving you what they think the value of Trump Tower is. And that's based on what? That's, that's the basis of the lawsuit? It's absolutely absurd. Said, meanwhile, you have the Deutsche Bank and Trump that have no problems, no lawsuits, no one saying they lost money, no one saying they were hurt, Everyone saying we did our due diligence. Trump saying we did our due diligence. Everybody looks at the values. They put a number on it. They get a deal. They make a contract. And then they're good on the terms of that contract. Where is the harm? Because she says when you have a trial like this, isn't there supposed to be harm that has caused the lawsuit, but no banks or no institutions are coming forward and saying there was any harm. It's just somebody has a political vendetta and they want to make sure, in fact, they ran on that uh, on that scenario that they were going to get Trump. She said, these people live in a world where they frankly have no real knowledge of what is going on. If you look at Judge, Judge Ngoran, he made a terrible decision that that was reversed, hurting landlords and tenants in the state of New York, and he's known for that. He has said on the record that even if a jury says something and gets it wrong, he won't agree with it, and he can use his own powers as a judge to completely disregard what a jury says. This is who we are dealing with here. So if you want me to make sense of a nonsensical order, I just would assure you that, number one, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to do it thoroughly and methodically, and it's going to be on the appeal, Trump's lawyer said. You know, And you know, you can read it and weep, but that's where we are right now, she added. She said, unfortunately, Donald Trump is going to have to come up with a tremendous amount of money just to even be able to appeal this judge's ruling in this case. 
And again, I highlight, where is the harm? Who has been harmed? No banks have filed charges. No loaning companies have filed charges. But now you have companies coming forward that are saying, you know what, if they can do that to to Trump, uh, to the Trump uh, empire, and mandate that that uh, the values that were determined by the bank and by the forming company uh, can be can be thought up and brought up in a court of law, then maybe we shouldn't be doing business in the state of New York. Maybe we're at risk here for the same reason. Even though, as she pointed out in her statement, that she, that Trump is the only case where this law has ever been used. The only case ever in the history of New York. It's sickening, Brad. It really is. And, you know, these people, this judge especially, this guy looks like a sociopath. You know, he just, he doesn't distill or, or... uh, show any sign of uh, of remorse, you know, and, and no. you know maybe you can say that. Well, when it comes to the court, you you can have remorse for for the uh, um, the people that they're trying to convict or what have you. But there's just something very weird about this uh, attorney general, uh, Letica James. What is her role? Is she a city attorney for New York City or? Oh, no, then, I think she's. Uh, I think she's the attorney he, general she, for the state. She is she the state was, attorney general. It's an elected general. office. Yeah. 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 And then the yeah. judge. I mean, th- these are some weird-looking people, man. That aside, when you look at what Donald Trump, this organization, the Trump Organization, has done, they've employed Brad over twenty-two thousand people. That's right. That's how large this organization is. So you think of all the things that they've done for people by providing them with jobs, the uh, the tax revenues they've paid to the city of New York, the state of New York. And I know that to some that doesn't matter because, again, we talked about this yesterday. The people that hate Trump, they don't care. They just want to no. get their claws they into Trump. They just want to get them. And yeah. if this means other businesses don't come, they don't care, Brad. And and Lydica James herself had said that when she was running for office. She used that example. She said, you elect me to office. I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to get him. We're going to make him pay. Somehow we're going to make sure that he does not come back and does not uh, take over as president again. Here's what Trump needs to do. Pay the fine. Pay the fine. You know, he's a billionaire. And I know it's still a lot of money. I get that. He's going to have to pay the fine because he can't appeal the fine until it's paid. Pay the fine and then hold your head high. Get that nice smile on there, Donald. Get that smile going. And uh, let's see what happens in the appeal. Um, But I I got to tell you, Brad, he's going to get he's going to get revenge. And his revenge will be in November. And then he's dictator for a day. Look out. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. The gloves are off. <laughs> Dictator for a day. I love it. You know, well, I do you too, look Brad, at what... I would say this. At, look at South Carolina, Kenny. 
Nikki Haley thinks she's going to, you know, Saturday is the day they vote in South Carolina. Who? Nikki He's Cheney? Nikki Cheney? <laughs> Nikki Cheney, yeah. Oh, okay. She's leading. He's leading her by double digits. He's leading her 60 to 30. I know. She cried the other day. She was on uh, some stage and she was crying. And I think it was, an, uh, I, you know, she got emotional. I don't remember all the details. But, Brad, we don't want a presidential candidate that cries. No. There's no crying in politics. No, not, not in the presidency. No, there isn't. And I thought, you know, okay. I, and, again, I don't know the details, and maybe I should, but I know that she was crying. And I thought, you don't run for president and show signs of weakness. No, 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 you really don't. Listen, we gotta, we got to take our Minnesota break. And then we'll come back. I got a couple other things I want to make sure we get out here this morning yet on a Thursday. So uh, we'll be uh, right back after this. Lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Wow, 44 years ago. We're just never going to, that's never going to get old, Brad. No, never. Never. Al Michaels, one of the greatest sports calls ever. Nor will I ever get tired of reading um, the coach's uh, motivational speech to the team before the game that day. I mean, Herb Brooks just, you know, just pulled the hearts right out of his players when he said, look, Russia is better than us. They can beat us nine out of ten games. But today, we're the best team in the world, and we're going to win this game. Oh, I'm going to watch Miracle tonight. Kurt Russell, he pulled off a good one there uh, portraying Herb Brooks, didn't he? He did. He, he really, really did. He really did. Yep. Wow. I'm going to watch Miracle. <laughs> well, we didn't We didn't have a miracle last night with the Mirage, unfortunately. They, uh, they ended up losing in overtime to War Road. Wasn't yeah. that something? Two to one. Yeah. Two yeah. to one in overtime. Yeah. It's tough. When you got a when you got a long, long history of uh, greatness like War Road does, it's uh, very difficult to beat them. Even this is not one of the best teams they've ever had either, I understand. But uh but they're you know, they're gonna be scrapping right from the get go. So Well listen, we're getting close to the end here. I do wanna tell you about this bill that is down in the legislature. Morning take had a piece on it again this morning. What do you think about this? If you're a student in school right now, wouldn't you like it if somebody said to you, hey, you know, instead of going to school five days a week, how about you go four days a week? Are you learning more or less? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, let's get serious here. What what have we found out in Minnesota with our school systems? Is that we have had a period now over the last 15, 20 years where educational excellence has gone downhill. Yeah, they can blame it on some on COVID and the fact that we were a year out of, you know, that they were learning online, so to speak. But I mean, even before that, education, reading, writing, test scores were going down. And it's going to improve it by going to four days a week? Now, they, they tell you that the reason they're bringing this up, school administrators uh, want to look at this because it saves a lot of money. It helps with teacher recruitment and retention. Why wouldn't it? If you tell a teacher, hey, we're going to 
we're going to pay you the same amount of money for teaching four days as if you teach five days. And then they say, but, well, it really hasn't hurt test scores or graduation rates. They haven't, they haven't done it yet. They haven't had it statewide to even know how it's going to do. Come back if they do it, if they force this in the legislature, come back in 10 years and let's see how it's improved test scores. Because I have a feeling it's probably not. But we always want to tinker around the edges instead of looking at what really does work. And that's, uh, you know, creating a, a, a an atmosphere in the classroom where the teacher is in charge, where nobody's going to disrupt things. And uh, where the kids really have to learn. That's what seems to work best. Anyway, tomorrow is Friday, folks. We're, uh, we're working for the weekend. And we're going we, uh, to try to keep it a little lighter tomorrow. But there's so many things that are on tap. Uh, so many things that are out there. I'd love to be a migrant right now in Boston, in Massachusetts. You know what the state of Massachusetts has given migrants? 16 bucks for breakfast, 17 bucks for lunch, and $31 for dinner on the taxpayers. See you tomorrow, folks. Have a great day. Enjoy the weather. <laughs>